Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 220. Today's episode is brought to you by my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch. Inside the roadmap, you'll discover a proven step-by-step framework for a successful launch. You'll also find out the massive mistake that most people make when they're launching something and how you can stop it derailing your launch before you've even started. Finally, you'll also find my top tips for priming your audience so that they're ready and waiting to buy from you when you launch. Grab the complete roadmap for a killer launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash launch. All right, on to today's episode. So today I have a wonderful guest who knows a lot about Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Salome Shillak is the founder of Shine and Succeed, where they help digital course creators to launch bigger, grow more consistently and scale faster using Facebook and Instagram ads. So in today's episode, we're chatting all things about starting to run Facebook ads and how to use Facebook ads in a launch with a specific focus on online course launches. We chatted about why Salome chose the very specific niche that she's in for her business. So that is Facebook ads for digital course creators. We chatted about whether you should be boosting your posts or not, why Salome believes that you shouldn't only be running Facebook ads when you have something to sell, and Also, what ads to run in the lead up to your next launch and what's working particularly well at the moment. Okay, so without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome, Salome. Thank you very much for coming on the Social Life Podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So we met back at Angela's retreat. And the one thing I won't forget is how you introduced yourself and how you told us to pronounce your name. And <laughs> like Salome, Salami with an O, but not Salamio. Yes. I, I used to live in London and I had a British friend who used to say it's Salami with an O, but not Salamio. I love and that. And I just kind of sticked. so Salome we'll dive into Facebook ads and the nitty-gritty of all of that quite soon but first I'd love to know what has your business journey looked like so far to now oh big question okay so I started my business um I started my business in the middle of 2014 when my youngest was six months old and I started it because I had a huge desire for freedom um, working for the man, <laughs> working for a boss was fun. But when the stakes got higher and I had kids, um, I just, I am not a box checker by nature. So to do things purely because it checks some manager's boxes, who's checking boxes for another manager, who's checking boxes for a director, <laughs> who's sitting in, in, in the other side of the country with a spreadsheet in front of him just didn't really do it for me. No. Um, and I had this massive need for, for freedom. And I've also always felt a greater calling on my life. I've always felt like 
I am meant to do something that has purpose. And at the time I was a pharmaceutical rep and whilst it was enjoyable, it just didn't meet that need for me. So I enrolled in a coaching course um, through the Life Coach School here in or the Coaching Institute here in um, Australia to become a life coach mm-hmm. um, and immediately realized that uh, it's better to niche down. And so I niched down as a sales coach um, because I had a background in sales. Right. And then I became the world's worst sales coach. (laughs) (laughs) When you say worst, how bad are we talking? We are talking, I couldn't sell my own services (laughs) as a sales coach. And I, I think the other, the other thing that, you know, just was part of my journey that I had to go on is to learn an abundance mindset. Mm. Um, I was very desperate for money. I was very desperate to get, um, to make sales. Uh, and that just always comes across as creepy. And if you're a sales coach trying to sell your own services and you're desperate and creepy, that doesn't really work out very no. well. So that didn't go as planned. And then, um, and then I decided to pack it all in. I was tired. I was tired and cranky and didn't want to keep going. I wasn't making any money. So I um, just packed it in and started a video blog. And the video blog was called Shine and Succeed. I love that name. Yeah. And it was actually, um, I sat down. Um, I'm a very like go-getter, like hustles, almost my middle name used to be. I want to say I'm a recovering hustler. <laughs> um, I, I was, when I heard people talking about creating a vision board and meditating and, you know, visualizing your goals, I'm like, no, 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 let's just go, go, go. Let's just do what we Me can. Too. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get, let's get things done, please. We, I don't have time for vision boards. But that sales coaching business failed so badly and knocked my self-esteem and knocked my, my confidence just in my ability to, to just fake it till you make it was kind of, you know, I was, that, that's what I lived by then. And I sat down and I created this vision board and on the vision board, I had some images of social media icons. I knew I wanted an online business. I, I had some images of influential women on there and I had cut out the words shine and succeed. And so I registered the domain shine and succeed and started this video blog that was just, I I had no idea how I was going to monetize it. I was just (laughs) like, I am going to make videos because I like video. I like showing up on video and I'm not too bad at it. And I taught myself iMovie and I started making video blogs to inspire women to live bigger lives. Um, and that still didn't make any money. <laughs> was this on YouTube? Where it was, was on it? YouTube, yeah. yes. The videos are still there. Oh, I'll have to go look them up. <laughs> they are all still there. Um, yes, yeah, so, so started the channel, um, did all these videos, still didn't make any money. And about a year later, another year later, uh, I started, people started asking me about how I'm going live on Facebook and how I'm making videos. Uh, and so I created my first online course, which was called... Um, uh, the Facebook Live Superstar, Ooh. teaching people how to go live on Facebook. And then I added the sort of a little bit of the element of how to then turn your live video into a Facebook ad because I was kind of dabbling in Facebook ads a little bit then. Um, and I ran $400 worth of ads and made $2,000 with that program, which is wow. an amazing return on investment yeah. for anyone who knows. But I didn't know that at the time. If only you'd run $40,000 exactly, worth of ads. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I was so exhausted at the end of that launch. Mm. And I had $2,000 
or, you know, 1500 profit roughly. And I just went, this is not worth it. I cannot work this hard for $1,500. It is not worth it. And so I went back to selling my services and I made an offer to a lot of people. I said, I will create your videos. I'll create your social media. I will do everything for your business to promote you on Facebook um, and on Facebook Live. I even went to their businesses and did like Facebook Live interviews and things. And they paid me $500 a month. So at least <gasps> I went from... So And then I signed up three clients yeah. that way. So I went from $1,500 for my online course to $1,500 a month with my three clients. But a lot of work in the process. But a ton of work. A ton yeah, of work. wow. And by the end of that year, this was 2016, by the end of that year, I had $40,000 in debt from all t- taking all courses. Yeah. Everyone who listens to this will understand buying another course. Um, yep. <laughs> throwing more money into it, just more money and more money. And, and my family, you know, we were getting to the point where I was feeling like a bad mother because I'm never there for my kids and my husband. Um, feeling like a bad entrepreneur because I'm not making money. And it was just, it was getting to us. It was getting to me. It was getting to my husband. And we said, I'm going to pack it in. And so at the beginning of 2017, I went back to my day job. Really? I didn't know this. Yeah. I was back as a pharmaceutical rep. And, um, and I was back for five minutes and I realized just, I am not made for a job. I am not made for working for someone else. And then I got very serious about identifying the skill that I have that is marketable and that I can make money with. And that was Facebook ads at the time. And so I niched down as a Facebook ads manager for online course creators what made you choose online courses as your niche? I just loved it. Mm. I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, I don't think I, at that point I hadn't chosen it yet because I remember signing up a financial services provider and someone who sold jewelry and so an e-commerce business. So I sold up, I signed up anyone who was willing to work for me, but it was the online course creators that lit me up. It was yeah. the people that were teaching people their skills and, and, through teaching them their skills, improving their condition, improving their lives, yeah. making the world a better place. That's what lit me up. Um, and that's what, what I became really passionate about. Uh, and so through, throughout the year, throughout 2017, um, I was back at work and then in the evenings, like eight o'clock at night, I would start running ads for people and be in bed by midnight Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that was literally my side hustle year. It was a crazy hustle. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so important for us to get to that point where we either go back to a job or we're right on the fence of considering it. Like I was very close to going back to a day job as well. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got a phone call from the hiring manager to say, well, we'd like to, we'd like you to come in for an interview and something in my brain just flipped and it was like, actually, no, I don't want this job. Yeah. And I said, oh, sorry, I've already accepted another role. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's a crossroads. And, and I'm very glad that I did go back to my, mm. my job. I had to completely reframe failure in my yeah. mind because going back to my day job to me at the time meant failing. It was like cementing the failure. Um, whereas I could gladly live in denial about it <laughs> before I needed a day job. But, but then going back and then going, no, hang on. That was just phase one. Yeah. It's not done. 
this was just what I needed to get where I wanted to go. Um, that. And that's when I started the side hustle. And then um, by the end of that year, by the end of that year, I, um, I went to America for the first time and I went to Amy Porterfield's Entrepreneur oh, yeah. Experience event, which is amazing. And for the first time, I was in a room surrounded by other people who had the same story as me. Mm people who completely understood the struggles I had and completely understood the challenges I was facing and who had overcome them as well. Yeah. You know, I was there with people doing it and succeeding at it. Uh, and the isolation for me just all of a sudden went away because I was living in Perth. And, <laughs> you know, it's the most isolated city in the world. I had Isn't no it? friends who knew what I was doing. They thought they knew I was on social media all the time, but they had no idea what I was doing on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I signed up about four clients at that event and came home and Amy Porterfield said, you got this. And I was just like, I do. I've got this. I signed those four clients and I quit my job. Uh, and that was the start of the, the Facebook ads business. And today it is a four woman agency. It's amazing. Yeah. And I have, I am so happy that I get to employ other women who are working from their laptops with complete flexibility and freedom, everything I hungered for so much. Yeah. Um, and they didn't have to go through this journey of starting a business because let's face it, starting a business is not for everyone. Oh, and not, and not everyone wants to start a business. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I don't feel like that should stop you from having a freedom job. Mm, I agree. A woman should have freedom and a woman should be able to create money. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's, I feel very strongly and I'm, I'm kind of getting more and more passionate about that. The more I speak to friends, I had coffee with a friend this afternoon who's in a job and she says, she has no other choice. Yeah. Just go, maybe it's time we do something about that. And it is slowly changing. There are more and more remote jobs popping up, but it's, yeah. still, it's still a long way from being perfect. Absolutely. There's a yeah. lot of work to be done. So are your team all based locally? Are they international? Where are I they? Have two people in Perth, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then one in the Philippines and one in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all over the place. All over the place, yeah. Wonderful. Place, yeah. Okay, Salome, we're going to dive a little bit more into the technical things now. Yes. And the very first question I'd love to know is, do you think that, say, for example, an e-commerce business should approach Facebook ads the same way as, say, an online course business or a service provider or personal brand? Are there different strategies for each person or is it one strategy that applies for everyone? That's a great question. There are marketing principles mm. that get applied to any business. And those marketing principles are you need a way to introduce yourself to people yeah. and go from being a complete stranger to being someone that they know what you stand for someone that they understand your values or maybe your story or your background or that something that they can associate with and go, oh, this is something that appeals to me. And then they need a way to, to build that relationship. Yeah. Um, and that could be to get on an email list or it could be to make a small purchase or it could be, there's lots of different things that that, that nurturing that relationship can be. 
And then they need a way to buy from you. Yeah, just that little important thing. That little important, that slightly important thing. The problem with Facebook ads is people just see the buy from me little yeah. piece of it. And they go, I'm going to run ads. That's going to um, introduce people to my sale. We have, you know, it's November now. We're going to have Black Friday coming up and Cyber Monday. And then it's Christmas and it's Boxing Day. Um, and, you know, and then after that, people start launching their online courses again. And yeah. it's kind of a seasonal <laughs> thing. And and what I see is we three, four, five years ago with Facebook ads, everybody had success if they mm. ran what I call buy my stuff ads. Everybody yeah. succeeded because the newsfeed wasn't so like noisy with ads. Yeah. Um, but nowadays the people who succeed are the people who strategically use Facebook ads to get in front of more people and communicate who they are, what they stand for, what their values are, you know, what the, what the line in the sand is that they draw. And wh what I mean by that is, you know, whatever the thing is that you say, this is this is what we commit to. This is what we stand mm. for. This is how we do things. And whether that's a product or an online service, you can still communicate those things in ads and then find a way to use ads to nurture that relationship and then find a way to sell. So in that sense, the marketing principles stay the same. Yeah. The application of those principles are different for uh, personal brands versus online businesses, online course, you know, people mm -hmm. who sell online courses versus e-commerce. Yeah. Okay. So maybe in today's one, let's look at say personal brands, services and online courses, not yeah. so much the e-commerce side. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. My, I think that's my sweet spot. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just to clarify here, we're talking about Facebook ads. We're not talking about boosted posts. Yes. And I know you have a lovely rant about boosted posts. So if you'd like to share it, you're welcome to. Well, it's just, it, it, the, the, the thing is, and, and this is, you know, it's not just my rant. It's, it's what I hear people say. And by the mm. time they verbalize this to me, they're usually almost in tears. Yeah. Because they've given Facebook so much money and just flushed it down the drain because Because A, because they, they read things where people say, I gave Facebook $500 and made $5,000. And they immediately assume that means if they give Facebook money, Facebook will give them money back. But they don't understand everything that went in behind that, yeah. behind those numbers. Because those people don't share that. They just share the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the second part of it is that Facebook brings up that ridiculous message that says, Your post is performing better than 95% of your other posts. You can boost this for $20 and reach however many thousand more people. And yeah. it's very tempting. It is. It's ridiculously <laughs> tempting, especially if you're slaving away at social media. Yeah. And Facebook offers this thing for you where you're going to get this dopamine hit yeah. where you think, oh, wow, if 20,000 more people see this, then finally my name will be out there and people will know who I am and I won't be the best kept secret anymore. And so they hit that boost post button and they spend $20 or however many. And it's kind of like going on a bad date. You know, you <laughs> wake up the next morning and, and all you had was a momentary 
good feeling, yeah. but you have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and you know, and those $20 add up very quickly. And sometimes it's not even $20. Sometimes it's thousands of dollars yeah. that people flush down the Facebook ads drain because they just didn't follow the right principles and things. Yeah, I think we've all fallen into that boosted posts trap at some point. We have. I confess <laughs> that I have boosted yeah, posts. me too. That was recently. Not recently, no. <laughs> yeah, I used to. Okay, so so let's say somebody's thinking about running Facebook ads. Should they be doing that all the time or is it something they should only do in the lead up to the launch or when they have something to actually sell? Everybody should be running ads all the time. Mm. Yes. Everybody should be running ads all the time strategically. Let me add that. It is very tempting to just want to run an ad for the sake of an ad. The type of ad we should be running all the time is an engagement ad. An engagement ad is an ad that you're that it, usually we use videos for these types of ads. It is literally the ad where you are being controversial in your message. In other words, saying, um, I'll use an example. You could either say, um, like, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk is very much about work until your eyeballs bleed. <laughs> and then on the other side of that, you have someone like James Wedmore, who's like, you can be successful without hustling. Yeah. It's two very clear very distinct, very controversial, very polarizing messages, but it communicates exactly what these people stand for, right? Mm-hmm. So if you run a video that just elaborates a little bit on that message um, and I, your ideal customer will immediately know if this is for them or if this is not yeah. for them. And they're going to watch that video and they're going to engage and they're going to share it with their friends and they're going to comment and they're going to like mm. it. And as soon as they've engaged with that, now they can go into your uh, custom audience of people who have engaged yeah. with your Facebook post. And there's so many ways you can then retarget that warm audience. You can retarget them with list building ads. You can retarget them with your promotions. You can retarget them in a hundred different ways. But if anybody is, if anybody is starting out, the first thing I say is if as soon as you have $5, start running engagement ads because the snowball effect that that's going to have a on your Facebook ad account mm. Which, which, you know, Facebook doesn't admit this, but we know that they give our accounts a, a rating, like a standing. We have, well, they, they do actually admit it. They've just said that they've, they're giving us this rating, but they say that it's based on feedback from customers. But we know it's also based on how many shares you're getting, how many comments you're getting. How many likes. Yes, they definitely do that. Yeah. Um, the people with more engagement on their pages, they're the ones getting the cheaper conversions as well. That's so interesting because, so yeah, you spoke about this at Angela's retreat mm-hmm. and that night I went back up to the hotel room and set up some Facebook ads Fantastic. as you do on a Saturday night. That's awesome. And, <laughs> and it was really interesting because in the last week and a half that those ads have been running and I've been retargeting those engagements with my lead ads, my cost per lead has dropped from $1.80 to $1.30. I 
I love it. I love it. That's exactly what we yeah. see in our client accounts. And that's exactly what I want for everyone to know. So it is so different to what we, you know, what we used to say a few years ago, we used to say, mm. you know, you only need to run ads when you're, when you know exactly how you're going to get a dollar back on that ad. Yeah. But that's not true anymore because the algorithm has changed and the platform has changed. Mark Zuckerberg said in February last year, mm. he said, they favor friends and family and engagement content. That's what Facebook wants is they want that engagement so and you will be rewarded. Yeah, that's so interesting because I was always – all of the Facebook ads courses I've done in the past were always – you don't run engagement ads because it's a waste of money. It's You're paying for likes and followers and exactly. shares and exactly. that doesn't translate into sales. But it's so interesting that it's changed. Yes. The thing is, we used to what we used to look at when we looked at return on investment mm. is we used to look at like how much did you run today and how many sales did you make today? Yeah. And, and I do want to just distinguish between, you know, in the past we said don't boost posts because you don't know how you're making that money back. Mm. And essentially what I'm saying now is run engagement ads even if you don't know what, how you're making the money back, right? The thing is your Facebook ad account is an investment in your right. business. Our clients who have million-dollar businesses, they spend $200,000 a year on Facebook ads. Yeah. They didn't start with $200,000. They started with $5 mm -hmm. a day. And, you know, three, five years, three or five years ago, you could start with $5 a day and get leads for next to nothing. Yeah. Today, you just cannot do that no. anymore. You need to give Facebook what Facebook wants, which is engagement, and then Facebook is going to give you back good conversions. And if we're talking about personal brands and online course creators, uh, you know, then those list building ads, your list building ads is the second ad yeah. that should be running all the time, all yeah. the time. When you go into pre-launch, you change them up to be more specific to your launch content. Mm -hmm. But in between launches, the, the, uh, I talked to a lot of, um, course creators who have six figure businesses or multi six figure businesses, but they they just can't get to that seven figure, that million dollar, yeah. um, ceiling. And the one thing that they all have in common is they only run ads when they're launching because they've been doing it for three, five years. That Interesting. Way. Why do they need to change? They've been doing it for so long. It's been working. Why yeah. do they need to change now? But they do need to change. Oh, that's so interesting. So with those engagement ads and those list building ads, how much, what's the minimum budget somebody should approach those with? Great question. For the engagement ads, whatever you can afford. Yeah. If you can afford $5 a day, put $5 a day in. Mm -hmm. If you can only afford $1 a day, put $1 a day in, but start because yeah. you are going to have a budget item on your account for the rest of your life to Facebook. So mm -hmm. you may as well start when you have, you know, as soon as you make $300 a month, you start putting $10 to Facebook ads or $5. You just start somewhere. And if you only have, if you have less than $20 a month, start with engagement ads. Right. As soon as you have a little bit more, as soon as you can afford at least $20 a month, then add to it or $25. Because mm -hmm. let's say you have $5 running for engagement now you want to add to that $20 a month list building ads. Mm -hmm. 
giving away your lead magnet so that you can start building your email list because that is the most valuable asset in any online courses business. You, yeah. Your email list is the most important thing because if you get sick and you're lying in bed and you can't work, you can still email your list and yeah. still make sales. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> yeah. So that's so just, so I say, I always say, try yeah. to go for $5 a day as soon as you can and then run engagement <laughs> ads. And then as soon as you have at least $20 a day to put towards list building, start building your email list and then switch those ads on uh, and just let them run in the background and you can split test different things. So you make sure you're always optimizing, yeah. but don't switch them on, switch them off, leave them, do it again, do it when you have money. Don't do it when you don't know, you know, just those are budget items that are like non-negotiable. Right. You just need to keep going. I love that. I love that. It's scary, but it's so necessary. Yeah, but if you think about it, we don't think twice about signing up for Kajabi no. Or for lead pages. No. Or for Active Campaign or for Canva or for what are, you know, how many subscriptions do we end up with? Too many. That's like $97 <laughs> here, oh, 147 yeah. there. Another online course that we're paying off for $97 yet. So, and we don't think twice about those things because it's, it's kind of a, a very clear black and white. Either you have it or you don't have it. Yeah. You know, so you either signed up for it or you didn't sign up for it. Whereas with Facebook ads, because we can control it and we can switch it on and off and manage the budget, we forget that that's, I want to say, almost a more important investment than all the software stuff that we sign up for so easily that we yeah. tell ourselves we can't do a business without but Facebook ads comes first. As a side note, it's really interesting to do an audit of all of the software you're paying for yes. and then downgrading the plans. Yes. Very interesting yes. how much money you can save just by doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> I do that probably every three months. I go yeah. through that. And, and, and there's usually even more fat that can be cut off of oh, that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So video versus static image ads. Ooh. Do you have a preference? Is there one that consistently outperforms the other or is it case by case? Yeah. A lot of people would say it's all about video. And mm -hmm. I used to be one of those people who said it's all about video, yeah. but it's all about your audience. And I think now the way that the placement, the way that Facebook has changed and how we're letting the algorithm do the work it totally depends on the audience. Yeah. Uh, and so what we tend to do is to create both video and images and then place those videos and images on both Facebook and Instagram, just do automatic placement and let the algorithm run. And it is surprising often to see how the video might get no traction mm. and an image will get all of the traction yeah. or Facebook gets no traction and Instagram gets all of the traction. And it tends to be, we tend to see this similar patterns with clients. So, so I think it could depend on where the client has naturally built their audience. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it also depends on the message of the client. If the client's content is more visual, then Instagram naturally is a more logical place yeah. for things to perform well. 
um, if the client is naturally really good on video, then the video outperforms the image. Yeah. So there is still, I, you know, we, we, we moved so much in the video direction a couple of years ago. And now I feel like now we're moving in the audience direction. What does your audience want to see? How does your like audience want to engage? Um, and surprisingly, very often images win. Interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I remember a few years ago, everyone was saying, oh, you've got to be doing video ads. You've got to be doing video ads. And yeah. it's so interesting to hear that. What I will say is yeah. you've got to be testing video ads. Yes. Okay. Like if you, you could be losing out on a lot of money or on a lot of leads if you're not testing video ads. Yeah. So don't just write it off, taste it and taste it every time. Until you see a clear pattern, then you know, then take a break from testing it, and then test it again later to see if it's changed. <laughs> always be but testing. Always be testing. There you go. <laughs> okay, so let's switch a little bit into talking about the kind of ads you would run for a launch. Mm-hmm. How would you change your ads from those engagement ads and the list building ads? What sort of ads would you start running in the lead up to a launch? All right. So when we talk about a launch, usually like nine out of ten times for us in the agency, a launch would mean a webinar mm-hmm. or it would mean a five-day challenge or it could mean a three-part video series those right. are the most common ways that our clients mm-hmm. launch so we usually would be have this sort of we tend to work with a client when we do when we just do a launch for them we tend to work with them for about three to four months yeah and we would start running those list building ads with some kind of a lead magnet that is a logical lead into their product mm-hmm. um, that starts, that overcomes the objections that yeah. those customers have or that, or that their audience will have when they go through the funnel. So we start with those list building ads. Those are conversion ads and they're usually pretty straightforward. We set them up as a conversion ad. We make sure that we retarget anybody who goes to the landing page but didn't opt in yeah. um, so that we can bring back, so that we can kind of plug the leaks in the funnels yeah and then when the client goes into launch mode again usually some kind of conversion ad either opt in for my webinar you know Mm -hmm. sign up for the webinar sign up for the five-day challenge or get the video training yeah that's again regular normal conversion ads with a retargeting people who went to the landing page but didn't opt in some nice things that we're starting to play with with the clients who have the marketing capacity to do this is things like when you're doing a webinar to add a workbook to the webinar interesting and then you know and then as soon as someone has opted in for the webinar we would retarget those opt-ins and say hey remember to get your workbook and it is just the the it works because it is just another touch point you have with that client between when they opt in for the webinar and when the actual webinar happens which means you end up with a warmer client who shows up on your webinar and you end up with a higher number of people who who signed up for the webinar who actually ends up attending the webinar so we're kind of playing around with lots of different things there I like that I Mm -hmm. once once upon a time I think it was my first Facebook ads course launch and I retargeted everyone who'd signed up for my webinar with a video saying thank you for registering that's fantastic that was and it was I think I asked them to comment below and say what they were hoping to get out of it which helped me to plan it and that was just amazing because so many of those people who engaged with that ad ended up signing up for the course I love it I love it so simple it was like a quick 
30 second video recorded on the webcam of yes. my computer, yeah. nothing fancy. Yes. Yeah. Probably ran it for maybe three to five dollars a day. And you would have paid almost nothing yeah. for it because it's a small audience of people exactly. going out to them. I love it. And you see, that's evidence of your mindset shifting from how do I get return on investment for my ad right now yeah. versus how do I build relationship with this person long term? And then, that. you know, and then over the course of, let's say you want to measure your, your ad spend over three months versus your profit over three months and work out what did you put in? What did you get out? Was yeah. it profitable? And then break it down smaller. So, so that's the, so that's wonderful. I love that you're doing that. So for launches, we typically run those ads up to the point where we have the webinar or the, or where the video series goes live or where the challenge begins. And then it becomes about creative ways to either get more people on the webinar, like what you've just done, yeah. creative ways to get more people to view the videos. Yeah. We would retarget people who've registered to say video one is launched, video two is now live, <laughs> video three is live, or, um, or, or targeting them with the challenge information, letting them know it's day three, this is your homework, this is, you know, you can retarget them with ads. They, it doesn't all just have to happen on email. Of course, on your yeah. page. And, and of course, the main purpose of a launch is to make money. So what we <laughs> want to do is we want to make sure we add urgency in there and we want to make sure we have scarcity and we want to make sure that we overcome objections and we want to make sure that we use social proof. Oh, yeah. So a lot of urgency ads would be, you know, the doors are now closing. Yeah. We would run ads like that only to people who opted in for the webinar or the mm-hmm videos um um, scarcity ads we use bonuses you know you you were going to miss out on this bonus unless you sign up before midnight tonight (laughs) and then social proof ads we we often run testimonial ads yeah um testimonial ads tend not to directly result in a lot of sales but we can't measure the value of them yeah because maybe someone saw a testimonial ad and then bought from the email and so we can't track that back to the testimonial ad but we know that it has an impact on people psychologically seeing other people like themselves buying this program and then lastly you know there's the doors closing or we we could run um messenger ads that says um, message us if you still have any questions i like that and what usually happens is people message and of course what they're really saying is i have an objection yeah and you have the opportunity to answer that that's cool that's really good is there anything else that you've seen that's been working really well in ads lately something that we are working with a lot more now than we did a year ago is evergreen webinars and yeah. evergreen funnels it seems to be all the rage these it days. is and i'm in the process of building another one now so yeah <laughs> please give me all your secrets <laughs> <laughs> well we're we're learning a lot and we're having a lot of fun with it i think what we're seeing the most important thing is do not go evergreen until mm. you are, are converting so well live and also you know don't go evergreen until you've even live launched to a completely cold audience a few times you know when we when we when we do a live launch it's warm and cold um audiences and they perform differently than a purely cold audience yeah so you have to test that webinar a few times to a totally cold audience live so that you can make all the tweaks you need to make so that you can then have a profitable um, funnel because 
because it's just you know so many people just want to go evergreen straight away yeah um and then they end up sitting on that return of ad spend of one and then zero and then two and then minus two and then every week you watch it and you go um this is just nerve-wracking yeah <laughs> we should have waited we should have gone back and by that time you've flushed so much money yeah. down the drain um so so that's that's the one thing about that i'll say about evergreen and then the other thing is taste taste yeah. different things you're you're literally recreating that customer journey with ads and with your webinar and things and for some people you could send them directly to a on-demand webinar and that will work well. For other people, it could be pick the time that works for you and then mm. retargeting them to remind them to watch the video. Um, you know, just pick the thing, the way, just taste different ways. Yeah. And, and, and when your messaging is working and your, your webinar is doing what it's supposed to do, you can get so creative by adding bells and whistles with the ads. <laughs> but the, the, the webinar and the messaging needs to work first. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I love that you say a lot of people want to just go straight into Evergreen because so I have a group of people who are coming through Digital Course Academy as yeah. my like my yeah. in partnership with me. Yeah. And it's so interesting because a lot of people have said, Can I just do an Evergreen webinar? Do it does it have to be live? Yeah. And I think it's because there's this fear of going live and being on a webinar yeah. and like who hasn't dealt with that fear? But it's almost like evergreens this way around it, which it's not. It's not. It is, <laughs> it is not. It is a, it is a deceitful, shiny <laughs> object that is yeah. very tempting and that needs to be avoided at all times because the, the conversations I have with clients who go evergreen too soon, mm. like those are tears you do not want to be crying. I promise yeah. you. I love that. Okay. So before we get into the wrap up questions, mm -hmm. Salome, are there any other Facebook ads myths? I know you've busted a few already tonight. Are there any others that you would like to bust tonight? Yeah. I think, um, the, I feel like we, it, what we said a year ago, even two, two years ago, even a year ago mm. is different to what we're saying today. Definitely. And it's important that we pay attention to the difference. Um, we used to, be very, very, um, we want targeting to be very specific. Now we almost want targeting to be broad. generic and yeah. broad. We used to go, we, you know, we used to say, don't go over a million people when you're targeting cold audiences. Now I've heard people say they just don't even put any information in the targeting and what? then they get incredibly cheap leads. So the audience could be in them, you know, in the hundreds of millions of people. Wow. Um, uh, uh, and they would get great leads because the algorithm is getting smarter and smarter mm. and smarter. The other thing that maybe for the more advanced people is use your pixel lookalike audiences. Yeah. They are your best audiences because they are native to Facebook and they are people, they are dynamically updated and there are people who recently took the action that is of value to you. So what I mean by that is you can have a lead pixel on your, on your thank you page for your list building ads yeah. and create a lookalike audience of all those people that opted in for your list, for your email list and use that because it's native to to Facebook. Facebook knows uh -huh. what to do with it. Whereas Facebook is not really that sure what to do with an email list mm. always. 
and then test, you know, 1%, 2%, 5%. Go big and test it and see what works. Okay, I love that. All right, Salome, I have a couple of wrap-up questions I ask every podcast guest. And yeah. the first one is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Oh, um, don't take failure so personally. Oh, I, I love that. It. I think mm. I, before... Before I started the business, I thought of myself as a confident, successful person. And so failing, I yeah. took it very personally, which wasn't a good thing. And now yeah. I know that failing has nothing to do with who I am as a person, or my <laughs> value or my worth. Exactly. It is just, yeah. It's just a number that's coming back mm-hmm. to me and showing me the next step. I love that. I think it's an overachiever thing as yeah. well that, you know, can't fail. Yes. Better yeah. not fail. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What has been your biggest oops moment? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> does it have to be related to business? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was on an airplane coming back from America recently, like a month ago, and um, not sleeping a lot. And I think it's just being overtired and Mm. switching time zones so much back and forth. When I was on the airplane coming back, I um, luckily I had my noise cancelling headphones on and I had this little thing over my head and I had a terrible dream and I screamed (laughs) on the airplane to the point where I could feel the two people sitting next to me both waking up and like looking at me luckily I had the thing over my eyes and my ears so I just literally just like lay back down and pretended like I didn't know what happened but uh, that was that's definitely when someone says what's your biggest like embarrassing moment yeah that's too funny like what that's so funny (laughs) literally screamed everyone's asleep and I just screamed (laughs) what has been your biggest growth moment in your business my biggest growth moment was this year when I so last year 2000 so I told the story of the beginning Uh, 2018 was all about the hustle it was me Mm -hmm. getting the getting myself off of the ground and building momentum and meeting the customers where they're at and making, you know, just getting as much experience as I can. And then in October last year, I hired my first ads managers Yeah. Um, and hiring people, learning to hire people and hire the right people and lead people and manage people. That has been my biggest growth moment. And the funny thing is at the beginning of this year, I sat down with this amazing team that I have and I said to them, I feel like this year is going to be a year of slowing down, Mm. of not like hustling, of just slowing down, putting systems and processes in place, making sure we, you know, cross our T's and dot our I's and do things right. And and I have doubled the business this year. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. And it's yeah. been it has come from a place of feeling good, mm. feeling in charge as well. There's none of that frantic. Am I gonna you know? Am I gonna get to things? Am I gonna drop things? There's none of that energy. Yeah. It's just we know what we're doing. We're doing it well. We have the systems and processes in place. We can support our clients. We're confident. And we doubled our business and just hiring a team. That's been my biggest growth. And so now I'm fully subscribed to this whole, just go slow, 
Yeah. Go, you know, go slow and go with good people. Right. Kind of. I like that. That's great. And last one, who or what inspires you? Who or what? Women who are um, doing new things, crashing through barriers, um, and who are just not taking no for an answer or not taking, um, you know, the old patriarchal systems that we live in as, as the, the standard Mm. uh, and saying, no, we are going to do this in a feminine way. We're going to do this in a way that works for us and our families uh, and making millions of dollars. They inspire me. What a great answer. Salome, tell us, where can our listeners find out more about you and Shine and Succeed? They can come to the website, Mm shineandsucceed.com. And on the website, they will find information about the podcast we're launching. Yay! And they'll see some fantastic training. Well, I hope they think it's fantastic. (laughs) Some uh, free training there that they can opt in for if it's appropriate for them. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Salome. It's You're been great. You've had so much wisdom. Oh, thank you. I'm very, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs>